Welcome to Transition Gadgets 360's Gaming and Pop Culture podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about some interesting things around Nintendo. So, Nintendo's president gave an interview with uh I think some publication in Japan which may or may not be very famous called Niketsu. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty famous. famous. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, so it was completely in Japanese and but before we get into that, uh, I'm your games editor Rishi Alwani and there's the friend of the podcast, Mike. Yes, Mikhail Madnani and our host uh unnamed as of now. we call him mario for short okay then <laughs> yeah so uh, anyway long story short apparently nintendo is killing home consoles yeah and moving I to mobile I games i don't think linkbait works on a podcast does it like people can't click the on a podcast the end is nigh <laughs> throw away your switches anyway so the uh, background on this is that there was an interview in japanese uh, from a very important person from nintendo and that said essentially that nintendo is uh, looking at mobile games also as an alternative revenue stream if and when the home console business fades away and some publications uh, sort of went ahead and put a headline saying ah nintendo is moving away from this entire business eventually and they are looking at mobile games as their future so that's what caused a big furor i must say so uh what's interesting is some publications took two different parts of the interview and merged them together to like get a a nice spicy headline obviously uh, that wasn't what was implied in the interview because like you know when you have q and a sessions there are different questions asked and you have answers related to those questions so if you cut paste stuff between them Yeah you can you can make something spicy and all but uh, that's not what actually happened uh like you can read the post on gadgets 360 where uh, uh there wasn't there was a translation for the interview on Nintendo everything and basically uh Nintendo said that uh, they aren't like you know restricted to only doing consoles anymore so in a worst case scenario or something where suppose home consoles are not feasible anymore Nintendo isn't going to like you know just suddenly lose out on all their money because they have a lot of other revenue streams also and in another uh, in another question uh, the president answered that yes they would like to do more mobile games because uh, if we look at Nintendo's uh, how much they earn from mobile games in 2018 they made a ton of money on like Fire Emblem Heroes and Dragalia Lost is already like number 2 after i mean uh, after Fire Emblem Heroes although i'm really sad that Dragalia Lost is not available on the App Store in India like Dragalia Lost isn't even available on the App Store in UK and Canada so like one step at a time Fire Emblem Heroes which is available in almost every region should come to India but yeah that's a talk for another episode where uh, we'll ruffle up some Xbox feathers as well because a lot of games are still not available yeah, but, but back on topic yeah so essentially and the reason why uh, Nintendo president Shintaro Furukawa said I hope I pronounced that right uh said said that they're not restricted to home consoles is because if you look at Nintendo's history it essentially started as a toy company they were doing playing cards they're doing toys uh and they've been in business since the late 1800s right so during the natural course of evolution yeah video games happened and for him it's 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 a question of being able to create the Nintendo experience which everyone's which everyone a uh, kind whoever's you whoever's used nintendo tech or nintendo games is aware of you know it's basically easy to get into it's super colorful super cheerful and that that's something which they want to translate across mediums that's what he's getting at and uh, i mean long story short to me it just seems of a, more of a situation where he's looking at it as uh, an extension of his business more than you know cutting away of home console so don't throw away your switch yet uh, what is also interesting was uh, how he said he wanted more consistent a uh, revenue stream for mobile games now th- to me that's that, that that's interesting because as mike brought up right uh 
Fire Emblem Heroes does very well. Regalia Lost does very well. And Regalia Lost isn't available in all regions. And it's, neither is Fire Emblem Heroes. It's available in fewer regions than it is not yeah. available. In. And even Animal Crossing Pocket Camp's done reasonably yeah. okay. Super Mario Run's done okay. Point is, the games have been doing well. He wants more of them to do well. Yeah. On mobile. And it's not that easy to get a pipeline out because essentially uh, Super Mario Run was done and, and most of their mobile games are done in cooperation with Dena, which is, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's something that Japanese companies do. They're, they're very good at cooperating with each other, splitting the revenue and stuff like that. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if it decides to do something completely in-house to begin with. Now, and, and they, they have a pretty strong roster if you think about it. You have Mario Kart Tour coming. They're definitely going to do a Zelda game. It's just a matter of time. And uh, I mean, yeah, before some of you, you know, uh, raise, your, uh, fl- uh, raise your flame post and say, but Pokemon Go is a Nintendo game. No, it's not. It's a different yeah, company. Exactly. But point is, long story short, there is, uh, he, they're just looking to extend the business and that's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, and like recently, uh, there was a post on Tachakid, right, about uh, the Nintendo mobile revenue figures. Yeah. Uh, where I think we came to know that Super Mario Run obviously didn't do as well as, you know, uh, it should have. And uh, there are games such as Fire Emblem Heroes, which made so much money for Nintendo. It's like a proper juggernaut in itself. Uh, I think it could easily rival the revenues made by some Switch games. Uh, I don't know about some Switch games considering like they sell millions of copies of those and each one retails for usually 60. So you know when you cut out all the you know the retailer share and like publisher and whatever or in the case of Nintendo they earn that. But yeah like Fire Emblem Heroes probably has earned more than the last few Fire Emblem games combined. Yeah, but At least like in 2018 only it was over 200 million dollars in whatever regions it's available in. Yeah, but should make it clear that the data com- doesn't come from Nintendo yeah, itself. Yeah, it comes from Sensor Tower, yeah. uh, their mobile analyst firm and all. But uh, the the interesting thing about uh, the other games which you which all mentioned was, yeah, they did them in collaboration with Dena and they were all based on Nintendo brands. Uh, Dragalia Lost is like a whole new like mobile exclusive IP which they created in partnership with Psy Games who is responsible for Grand Blue Fantasy and that doing ahead of like that going ahead of Animal Crossing already when Animal Crossing is, is like a very known brand and Animal Crossing being available in many regions that shows the power of when you like hire a competent uh, studio to work with not saying Dana isn't but like Animal Crossing doesn't seem like it has as much discussion now as it did before maybe when uh, you know the main Animal Crossing switch game uh, is approaching near it's supposed to show up this year they'll start like you know doing cross collaborations and hyping it up through that stuff like that where you might have a reverse Pokemon Go effect where like how Pokemon Go drove people to buy Pokemon let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee uh, the, the Animal Crossing Switch game, which is like almost certainly going to sell millions of copies, that might actually get more people to play the mobile game. Super Mario Run, yeah, like when you look at the revenue for that compared to the other games, it's like a glorified failure, which is hilarious because it's made millions of dollars already. But yeah, that, you know, the whole one-time unlock premium thing is not going to work for Nintendo on mobile anymore. So anyone expecting Mario Kart Tour to be a premium game, yeah, that's not happening. In fact, I won't be surprised to see Mario Kart Tour follow the same monetization we've seen in Angry Birds Kart wherein uh, th- there were some in-game promotions and everything was free to play, unlock as you keep playing. And uh, more than unlock as you keep playing, I mean, th- you spend on certain currencies to keep you coming back. 
So I I won't be surprised if they follow something very similar to that. Yeah, basically like everything that's wrong with mobile games but without ads. So Not about that I like don't Nintendo isn't really that bad about these things. You have games that you know shove microtransactions in your face. But like uh, I played Fire Emblem Heroes for like a few months now. I've been playing Dragalia Lost since launch. Have not needed to even remotely get close to spending money while if you look at something like Hearthstone you have to spend money if you want to play that. Yeah, and I think a lot of it also has to do with the design philosophy, right? If you look at something from EA or if you look at something from Blizzard, there is more of a focus to make people aware i mean if not get them to spend to make them aware that spending is yeah and don't forget microsoft with forza yeah. motorsport 7 there was exactly. a commentator saying that oh why don't you buy some of these microtransactions so my point is don't like just don't remind <laughs> me of that that we're in a year where we're not getting a new horizon game but we're going to have to get forza motorsport so then think? that's the whole thing right if you think about it the it, it, it that's the difference in philosophy wherein you have uh, the 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 western developers who are more interested in you know letting you know upfront that you'll eventually have to pay if not now then later and then you have guys like nintendo who are more interested in letting you get a feel of the game in build a certain amount of affinity for it and then pay i mean it's the same reason why for the it's the same reason why games like dota 2 are as popular as they are there's no hard sell same with artifact i mean you will end up having to spend money but it's not a complete hard sell from the from from the moment you start yeah. and i think that's uh, something a lot of companies are trying to come to terms with and it's funny because i mean uh, it's uh, i think uh, michael packer uh, who's basically a video games analyst at wenbush uh, securities he actually went on record saying that uh, for fifa ultimate team ea could be making a lot more money if they gave people if they're a little more generous with the in game currency but uh, andrew wilson who's the ea ceo is like no but i'll lose so much by giving people stuff for free i don't care about converting people over to try it out so it's a complete difference in mentality here and i think that's where if you ask me the softer approach of you know giving people a reason to stay invested beyond progression giving them a cool game world to give a crap about is more important so i think we're going to see that divide even get even deeper i mean particularly when you have games like anthem coming out sure no microtransactions we believe you for like first month maybe then after that they'll flip the switch i mean like that's that's become kind of a norm right like call of duty black exactly. ops 4 released very good game at launch price was a little high in india it still is but then thanks to discounts call of duty games always become cheap in india but the fact is it was a good game at launch polished and all and yeah they added a ton of microtransactions since then because everyone only looks at and remembers the original release reviews right i mean we've had that with one forza game in the past where the token system got added like a week after or on launch when it wasn't there for reviewers so this isn't something new the only game which doesn't have this is sea of thieves and i thought they'd actually have that because that kind of seems like a game where you'd want to like shove in as much as you can but they've actually done some decent stuff with that but yeah this is a thing where you add microtransactions after a month or something where uh, you've gotten people to buy the game and you've gotten stuff and these games as a service online titles you cannot play the game unless you're up to date and if you're up to date and they shove in microtransactions it's your fault now yeah so, and man. all of, and so then what does this mean for nintendo's next batch of mobile games well, i think they're going to see the more gacha games <laughs> that's i mean that's, that's, that's going to happen but then like i said it's never in your face where they like try and make you spend you can continue to play like the story mode in dragalia lost is very nice you don't need to spend money for that like the new year login thing which is going on right now is like more generous than any gacha game has been in the past with giving you you're essentially getting like more than 50 like pulls as they call it for or trying to get a new character or stuff like that for free just by logging in so i like it remains to be seen what they do with mario kart tour but uh, we've seen how well mario kart 8 is selling in fact it sold better in 2018 than it did in 2017 which is when it launched 
so that shows like how much their brand has value yeah the actually the amount of copies that mario kart 8 has sold i think it's what second it's only something. to uh, what super mario odyssey yeah, yeah yeah and then third was zelda right the yeah. top 3 games and zelda had like zelda and mario kart came out like right at the beginning and then mario kart was i believe in may or in, it was like it, a month after zelda or yeah, something zelda, yeah i think launched with the console in, in march yeah, or april yeah. and then the next month it was zelda mario. was march yeah and then the next month was mario kart and yeah the yeah. first year was something I mean it would be it would be interesting to see also how much of the of crosstalk there would be between the mobile games and Switch. We've seen it with Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee where they, where essentially if you're playing Pokemon Go you get shiny Pokemon in in the Switch version and like stuff. an exclusive Pokemon that Meltan or something yeah, which you yeah. can only get if you've played Pokemon Go and unlocked or something like that. Yeah, so. so who knows man, maybe you could get some gold Mario Kart in Mario Kart Tour by playing Mario Kart on Switch. I mean they've they've done it in the past before they were into mobile with Amiibo right you get stuff locked behind Amiibo now they lock it behind getting an install on the app like it's not it's not unheard of for yeah. Yeah. developers to do this uh like Warner Brothers has like tie in apps for their fighting games quite often and I I believe there's something you get if you play one of them you get stuff in the other and they always do this cross promotion uh nothing's happened in PUBG yet although i don't see that happening because i don't think Tencent would want to tarnish the mobile version with the unpolished yeah. PC Stop. and console version but yeah Stop. yeah but honestly like i i like, really hope this doesn't happen because if there's cross talk between switch games and the mobile games the problem that's going to happen is what happened with voice chat initially i think that app it's, was not it's available still uh, it's still the same right so yeah and they so, shoehorned that into more games exactly like, so if you want to yeah. have voice chat on the nintendo switch you actually need an app on ios and or android which, which is, not, is available not available in india, in india. So, so basically you are without voice chat if you have the console in india and you have an india region account for you know google play and uh, app store so this is the kind of thing that you know worries me like on one side you have like a console which is like all premium with premium games and like region free which was like a selling point at the beginning and then you lock these essential apps such as voice chat behind this or if you do uh, start doing that cross promotion uh, in games which are not available in india then yeah that's going to be very very annoying for me i think what's what's going to be interesting is to see what nintendo does because i mean if you noticed by the comments from their president it seems that they want to expand their business they want to expand their reach and we've had occasions where yeah we've where where us at galaxy 360 have reported that nintendo's made a few trips to india they're looking at to support india studios and wow, looking, i'm really surprised are they even aware of india as a region yeah they are wow. the, the, the the developing the development team from japan is extremely aware Everyone maybe the, they were like looking for an extra level for super mario odyssey or something no not really trust me they wouldn't come to us for that okay. no and i mean i we do, we do know off the record speaking to a couple of developers that nintendo switch dev kits have been given to sort of independent developers in this country sadly i can't name any of them but point uh, point is they are looking at india from a, from a point of view of uh, getting more content on the nintendo eShop. and i mean eventually the way i see it they'll also want to expand their reach into other markets right so it's just i i look at it that it's just a matter of time how much time well considering it's nintendo you can't tell but i mean at the end of the day there are workarounds for stuff like this if you're worried about uh, apps or crosstalk not happening uh there is the the options that are there include uh, i mean just creating a us account on on the app or on the app store or just side loading apk's it's not the most uh convenient of options but it's an option it's a horrible option rishi like, well, I, I mean I like it's, it's better than uh, them ip locking stuff yeah, exactly. in the case yeah, in the past or whatever yeah. i'll concede that and like the the huh. funny thing is uh, 
you know even though the switch isn't available here and certain games are quote unquote not supposed to be sold here like dragon ball fighters i own dragon ball fighters on the switch when i go online it literally lets me choose india as a region for lobby matchmaking so yeah that's yeah. a thing okay mm-hmm. so uh, i mean all of that aside uh, do you want to maybe you know uh, talk about what happens when nintendo launches a new console like is there a new direction we'll see with it's uh, certain too games early to tell i right think now. we'll see a switch refresh before that Yeah. and i don't think there's going to be too much difference in terms of the form factor i think the switch form factor has is one of its biggest selling points more than the actual uh this the form factor and the industrial design have been its biggest selling points more above and beyond the spec so i think that's going to remain the same i think what about region locking do you think it's going to come back no, or like no, have no, they no no they can't you can't i think more than that they they just might work on giving it a more premium feel because they're using pretty cheap components and like cheap feeling stuff for like the screen is still plastic i mean like what is this an old yeah, Samsung I mean, if you phone have to see i went to the like there's a story on gadgets360.com about like the top selling games on amazon.com uh, they do like a on us side they do a list of things that sold a lot in 2018 so i went to the video game section and i think the number 4 or number 5 item is a switch screen protector yeah, i mean yeah but that, yeah. that's like that's a thing for every every like i'd say every handle if when the 3ds was in its like popular when it was the most popular handle at the time you saw people buying screen protectors for that as well and like i'm sure if you look at the mobile section there'll be people buying an iphone screen protector for some reason so yeah. tempered glass okay yeah so uh, but like more interesting to me bringing up that list was just uh how how well mario party super mario party sold like it basically destroyed triple a multi platform stuff I and mean, it's like a, mario it's, party is like the bollywood of, of the nintendo e shop man i mean it's i mean it, there is certain audience that hates it but holy crap it sold yeah it sold like really well and like everyone was like laughing at it because it didn't have proper online and they were supposed to bring online and stuff like that and you look at amazon.com which is probably like the biggest retailer in the us i'd say and you see like mario party above almost everything like in the same league as red dead redemption 2 over there and also yeah but then partly that's also because us is a market where uh, digital sales are a huge chunk of the pie na so uh not, not for nintendo yet i mean not for nintendo I'm, but for red dead redemption definitely not really uh because see the, the thing is with a game like red dead uh you ha- you have to understand while it might seem like it's a big chunk you're looking at a 100 gig download hmm. and the fups aren't what they used to be particularly in develop and particularly in a post fcc us hmm. but coming back to it uh i mean yeah i won't be surprised if if we see a switch revision with probably slightly more premium components probably slightly better processing power slightly better memory what would be interesting to see is if that they op- if they optimize any of the ergonomics to capitalize on the fact that local co-op and local split screen has been a big selling point games like mario party are essentially offline local co-op mm. mario kart i'm sure most of the gameplay is offline too and it would be interesting to see if 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 these successes maybe you know shape a new peripheral or shape some kind of the change in their design language for the just switch. change the joycon i really hate the joycon i don't think that's changing anytime soon <laughs> it's like yeah that that's not changing it like we should honestly like it's a joke when people say you should be grateful to nintendo but you should be grateful to them for using usb c yeah like I using stuff that's... which lets you charge it with a you know with a battery pack and stuff like that without worrying too much about a lot of things so they did a lot right but yeah they just need to i'd say like we need a switch 1.5 we don't need a switch pro right now yeah mm. I, i'd like i would like an oled screen but that's not going to happen so yeah. bluetooth headphone support anyway this is turning into a previous episode of transition <laughs> which we will <laughs> all the same it's yeah. a remix of a remix all right do you guys want to say anything more about nintendo and this whole mobile gaming 
I think Ooh, it's ha. good. I think it's good. Uh, I mean, sure. One part of it was that they want consistent mo- mobile revenues. The other part of it was they're looking at theme parks and movies. That's all great. I think it's nice to see them getting out of their shell and being a little more aggressive. The last time we saw this happen was with Rovio with uh, Angry Birds, where you know they wanted to do a movie animated short. The entire shebang got listed on or had their IPO and well, they're subsist. They're, they're surviving. But I think Nintendo's approach is a lot more pragmatic, and considering Japanese companies tend to get the whole transmedia thing very well, considering what we've seen with Pokemon, what we've seen with uh, with the Persona series, I think they they will be interesting to see how it comes together. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I was I was looking forward to more premium games, so that's not happening. And this is not because you know I'm a fan of premium games. I think it's simply because those Forget games are available in India, like. you know uh, super mario run was available in india on day 1 so that's why i was looking forward to it i th- i think they will eventually come to terms with figuring out what's available everywhere it's just a matter of time yeah well indians are people to nintendo anyway moving on so the games we've been playing this week so well i've been playing this game that i was forced to buy it's called chrono trigger wait what do you mean you were forced <laughs> who forces someone to buy chrono trigger there's only one person on this podcast who does such things who has admitted to it on record in the previous episode i don't know i mean you you'd buy it just for the rick ashley soundtrack alone yeah well the soundtrack is amazing i will give you that but i don't like the touch controls that much uh, like, you know like the game is really nice what are you I, playing it on uh, on the ipad pro So uh, don't you have a controller? No. I'm oh, not you. He has controller support as far as I know. Yeah, Hi, everyone meet so, Pranay. He finds a problem with the greatest RPG of all time. Do continue. Yeah, today is, you know, my birthday. So why don't you give me your controller for the iPad and I will, you know, start playing it on that. Anyway, Happy so birthday. My problem is just this. Like the controls and all are fine, but uh, there are like places for example, like right at the beginning of the game you have to go to that fair. Yeah. Uh, so what happens is like the entrance to the fair, your character is like a huge thing on the map and the entrance to the fair is really tiny. So if you are even like one pixel to the left, he, the name of the Uh, fair doesn't show up and you can't enter so small things like that like where you are entering certain points this wasn't a problem when i played it on ios or when i played it on ds yes. see that's the thing so, i haven't played it on ios i played it on the on the ds and i've never had this issue yes, so i'm pretty sure if i have a controller it's much easier to like get okay. into a particular spot and like unlock it but i think i went up to that fair spot the exact spot like two or three times and it never showed me the name then i figured maybe i'm going uh, like towards the left or something and i went exactly on the path and it unlocked it for me So like this that is a bit annoying otherwise i'm like still figuring out what is going on in this game and like in the early stages where uh, i think i finally discovered that okay you can travel between uh, different eras i just made like a 400 year jump with some random machine and uh, robo is you know, epic okay yeah so that but what i'm going to do is i'm going to restart the game from the beginning because i changed the names of all my characters at the beginning and now i'm regretting it i want my character to be called chrono so <laughs> i think i'm going to start did you, from did you remember prane <laughs> no <laughs> Also, even Prane was selfish and got thrown into a dungeon. Had to fight mecha mecha dinosaurs. Yeah, sounds about. No, 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 no. One of my characters is called Trans, and the other one is called Is- Ishan. So yeah, <laughs> leave <laughs> never to return. <laughs> anyway, so that's the game I've been playing, and I stopped playing Pocket Run Pool thankfully. Uh, and I'm really into Chrono Trigger now, so I'm gonna like start the game again. Uh, look at some walkthrough for like some basic tips. about like combat and all for you know just getting through the early stages of the game a little easily because i think in the initial stages itself i died a couple of times because i didn't know what to do uh, like how to attack certain people uh, then i realized in the settings you can slow down the battle speed a little to get used and to you can pool. also put it on weight instead of active yeah, yeah it was it on, on weight but somehow yeah. like weight is also not like as slow as i would like it to be on this mm. uh, just like while i get used to it so yeah uh, we'll start again 
and you know hopefully finish this one and nice. take life from there mike it's it's not really like you know one of the the newer jrpgs which have the ton of padding and grinding needed and all chrono trigger was pretty like lean no padding like everything quality and all like square will never reach that level again so <laughs> hey kingdom hearts 3 is coming okay i don't know i disagree i think i think they got close with final fantasy 10 I don't know like Final Fantasy 10 you needed to grind a bit it had a lot of Yeah but then the grinding stuff. wasn't you know wasn't exactly crucial to the experience And it had like a lot of stuff which you could miss in your first playthrough and all like if you in that travel agency there was like a chest behind it then yeah. there's a boss if you don't beat it you miss out on getting an item which lets you get the ultimate weapon for a particular character and stuff like that But yeah like I'd say uh, Wasn't that when like uh, FF10 was published by SquareSoft after that it became yeah, Square Enix right That's my point So okay so like basically ff10 was the cut off <laughs> yeah exactly that's my point ff10 was basically the cut off so mike what have you been playing uh quite a few things uh most importantly uh last week uh, everyone was playing a new splatfest and all but i was like you know what no i'll play arms instead because they have the the timed event which they do for that the party crash as they call it because it lets you earn in game currency to get more arms and all so played that like my play time on arms has already exceeded smash so that's something still a lot of fun the online works really well in fact while i was playing this online i took a break tried smash online still a lag fest so yeah not a fan of smash online anymore put the game aside going to continue playing arms for a bit because it's interesting again other than that been playing cook serve delicious 2 on ps4 still still really fun uh, it i didn't even know this it has this mode which lets you put it on like you know the equivalent of minecraft's creative mode or the equivalent to the creative mode in no man's sky which basically let you practice you can play it where the customers aren't impatient and there's no penalty so you can essentially use it to practice overcooked 2 just added this in an update as well so interesting playing that as well and uh, other than that uh, restarted playing an old uh, etrian odyssey game on 3ds because the new one's coming next month on 3ds wanted to just get a refresher on one of the older games so start playing etrian odyssey 5 and finally uh, God Eater 3 is coming out next month on PS4 and PC so booted up God Eater 2 to just like you know get back to that because I remember when people used to buy this because there was no Monster Hunter on home console but now there is so it's mm. going to be interesting seeing how this game does when it is released. God Eater that game where there's some rage burst thing Yeah that's the name yeah. God Eater 2 rage burst ah, okay. so yeah so basically been playing those things Okay so then post up on r/mega10 um, very soon right <laughs> What is with you? Anyway, in my case, uh, I've been uh, uh, still going through uh, a, a third or a fourth playthrough of Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, uh, trying to finish off some quests I didn't finish the first time around. It's quite interesting. Let it go, Rishi. That game flopped. I know, but it's still fun. So, like, th- there's one quest where where you can basically infiltrate a rave by getting someone to clean your house, and when they clean your clean that house, they leave a they leave a swan towel, and that swan towel is a key card you can use to get into this rave. quite interesting on how that subplot works out so i was playing that uh and uh, i mean uh at the time of recording this podcast uh i've also been playing tales of vesperia that's coming to ps4 switch and xbox one so by the time this podcast is up our review should be up as well uh long story short if you want an rpg with really really good character interactions with really good banter this is really good mm. i thought that dragon age did that well but i'm sorry tales of vesperia does it so much better and just like it just feels natural and you you kind of realize and it's really cool it's like one of those few rpgs where the protagonist isn't exactly you know a a, a one dimensional dyed in wool good guy he's pretty much a troll so like shrek 
better than that okay so it's it, so it's really well done it's well pieced together it's got a lot of nuance it's surprisingly good in terms of story and it's something i should have realized earlier because our friend of the podcast has been after my life to play tales of berseria and i haven't and he's like you know this if you like this should be tales of berseria because it's like so much better in, in so many other aspects but yeah as it stands uh vesperia is really nice um it does a lot right i mean if you ask me it's one of those it's one of the few quote unquote traditional japanese rpgs that ah uh, man if you missed out on it on the 360 era and a lot of people did because it was exclusive to the xbox 360 it never came to india because the india uh publisher for that was atari and atari was with an indian distributor who felt japanese rpgs wouldn't sell so it never came in here so and vesperia is worth checking out particularly if you have a ps4 or a switch or an xbox one it's definitely worth it and yeah i think it's really good i mean you should check out our review on that hits but yeah Mm, okay then that's all we have for this episode of transition and we'll be back with another episode next week as always don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter youtube and instagram at kajes360 and you can also email us if you're one of those old fashioned people at podcast at kajes360.com for your questions with your comments and feedback uh, music for this episode comes by magnus olai polson whose album ppp ppp is where the tracks are from thank you so much for listening and one last favor to ask if you listen to podcasts via any of these apps such as apple podcasts on your iphone or google podcasts on your android phone please rate us please review us please subscribe to the show thanks once again and we'll be back next week